Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Alex Beakley about the qualities of exceptional leadership and what a good leader does for a team, a group, and a company. Alex Beakley, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, thank you, John, for inviting me today. Yeah, I'm really excited to have the chance to chat, and today we're going to have an opportunity to discuss qualities of exceptional leadership and what goes into effectively leading a team or an organization. As we get started, I wanted to share Alex's bio with the listeners. Alex Beakley is the co-founder of a website developed uh, website development and content creation company, Unleash BP. Alex works with local private practice lawyers and doctors to ensure they have an online presence needed in the new uh, dominating digital, digital world. Alex has a passion for serving others and a place in her heart for local small businesses. Through her uh, Generation Z team, Alex and her co-founder, Aaron Pena, are excited to help these Older-based businesses gain the knowledge needed to bridge the gap between the generations. Alex has also produced a podcast and a YouTube channel called Entrepreneurship Decoded, where she shares the stories of successful entrepreneurs and inspiring business leaders and how they got started, the struggles and challenges they face, and what it took for them to find their passions and their successes. Uh, so again, thank you and welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Anything else you would like to add by way of background before you dive on in and get started? Oh, yeah, that was basically me. Um, if anyone listening doesn't know, I, I am 18 years old and I will be going to college this fall, but I love, I still love everything about business. And I think COVID was more of a blessing for me specifically just because my family has been safe and I've been able to start multiple businesses during this time to really help like local businesses and other people just thrive at this time. So. Very cool. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Um, you're, you're a young entrepreneur. You're, you're seizing the opportunity, pre opportunities presented by uh, the pandemic. Um, you're launching these different initiatives, websites, and businesses, all while you know, presumably finishing up high school, get, launching on into college. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and just your background and how you got started in entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. 
Yeah, of course. I um, I never knew that I loved business until I was probably about 11 years old when my mom took me to uh, door knocking. And at that time, I was a very shy kid. So um, at that time, both my parents had lost their own businesses uh, in 2008. And then a few years later, they got job new jobs and my mom was a salesperson. So she would go out and tell me all the things that she would sell, but she loved telling me about the relationship she built with people. So that was always something I remembered, but I was like, I'm never going to do that. So uh, one day she came home and she said I, I was going to go with her. And, you know, after many times of protestation, I said no. And then, but she took me with her. And for like two weeks, I sat by, like I stood behind her just terrified. But over time I learned what she was really talking about, about building relationships and really just talking to people. And it wasn't really about the the sale. It was about just that relationship she built. So after those two weeks, I was kind of like, oh, this is really cool. But the kind of traumatic experience happened after that two weeks when we drove to the next neighborhood. Uh, I got out of the car with all the stuff and noticed that my mom didn't get out of the car. And after a little while, she deadpan stared me in the face, locked the door from the inside, said, you're doing it by yourself today. So (laughs) after, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, again, just not wanting to do it, I took that step. And I was like, the only way I'm going to get home is if I just go out and do this. So the first house I went to, I knocked on the door, just literally butterflies in my stomach. And I waited. And I I thought maybe I'd be lucky because I didn't hear any... uh, walking footsteps but then I you know this big humongous man opened the door I was absolutely terrified because at that time I was like four foot five just a small tiny person and then um I was just I took a deep breath said the pitch really fast you know really just it wasn't the best thing ever but then uh, the guy knelt down and looked me in the face and said I don't want to buy anything from you but just because you are standing here and doing this you're going to be successful one day So I think that was, that's what launched my love for just sales and helping people because it's not about me. It's not about you or if you were doing this as well, but it's about the people you'll meet and the lives that you'll change. So that's kind of the pivotal moment that left me when I was just 11 years old. But after that, I spent two years, two hours every single day, memorizing that pitch, memorizing or really learning how to be a salesperson. And then from that, just different programs I went into for business. And this in this last year, when we went lockdown in March, I took the initiative to, you know, learn how to start a business myself because most of the resources we have now nowadays are online. And, you know, I grew up with that technology and I realized, you know, I, my company has only been in business for like a week <laughs> with Unleash VP, but it's been my sixth company. And all the other ones were complete failures, but I learned so much with it. So now I I feel confident with this one and me and my partner are really excited to just help those local businesses who really don't have that much knowledge about online, having an online presence. So, you know, like I said, being Generation Z, he and I both know and grew up with this technology. So we just want to help others who didn't grow up with it and need just need that extra push to get more clients that are online that want their help. So that's kind of my background that I've had and about the main story that went with it. Very cool. Very cool. And tell me just a little bit more about Unleash BP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Unleash BP, it means unleash buying power, but he, uh, my partner and I both liked it because it's the first initial of our last name, B and P. So we just thought that was kind of a cool thing, but so we're trying to unleash the buying power of these companies that we're starting niche with the, uh, at least local, he and I are working remotely together. He's in Seattle. He's moving here to Utah uh, pretty soon, but we're still working with his local uh, community there in Seattle. 
for the uh, private owned uh, lawyers and doctors, like chiropractors, those types of businesses, because we found that those businesses are, there's a ton of them, but a lot of them have a hard time with that competition, especially online. So we want to give them their own edge with a, a different, uh, different type of website in a way for other people to just really connect with them. And uh, we are working with like with older businesses as well, because we found that, you know, like baby boomer based owned businesses, they, they're the ones that, that have the largest gap with technology and the lack thereof. So that's why we wanted to help them. And that's why kind of our uh, slogan is innovating digital zoomer business. So generation Z and baby boomer, <laughs> that's kind of the word that we use with that, but we're excited to just provide that extra website design. So we're building websites for those businesses. And then we're also doing extra services like content creation, copywriting, and then any social media help that they may need. And we can also provide them services where we keep their website updated each month with just a small fee with it. And uh, that way they're able to just keep up with the times and we're able to help them that way. And they can just worry about their business and how to keep that going, especially now with everything going on. So. Excellent. Excellent. And, and I really applaud you for the initiative that you've taken. You say you've started uh, six businesses now Unleash uh, BP being your sixth um, and even at just such a young age and, being able to see a gap in the market and a niche that you can fill and, and, uh, and taking the initiative to, to start up a business and to start um, drumming up clients and, and doing that work. That's, that's really awesome. And uh, like that man, uh, you know, during your sales pitch when you were 11 said, I think that speaks highly of, of your potential, you know, as you move forward into your career. I also like how you haven't, um, allowed the failures to get you down uh, because a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors don't work. They, they don't take off despite, you know, the good idea. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And so uh, one of the things you need to have as you, um, as you're an entrepreneur and starting uh, businesses is just to have a thick skin and to have a growth mindset and to recognize and realize that, um, you know, this one may not work, but I'm going to learn from it. And, um, and then I'm going to, take those learnings and I'm going to feed that into my next initiative or my next uh, project, my next company. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's what we need. We need um, resilient people that are willing to learn as they go and in an iterative process, um, develop their own thinking, their own expertise, their own leadership capabilities. And you seem to embody a lot of those uh, characteristics. Uh, so that's, that's really, really awesome. Um, one of the things that we wanted to focus on today was really just the idea of exceptional leadership. Uh, and I think many of the characteristics that I just kind of mentioned as I was doing my own little <clears throat> recap sum up of what I heard you say during um, your sharing of your story, I think those things apply in, uh, into uh, effective leadership as well. But I'm curious to hear your uh, take. I know this is something you think a lot about. Um, what are the qualities of exceptional leaders and what would that look like when you're trying to go in and lead your own organization or lead your own team? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think everyone still needs to grow having that growth mindset to learn about how to become a great leader. So it's, it's, you know, with the couple of years of experience that I've had with leadership, I, uh, a year ago I was in a, a business specific 
a leadership program and we would, you know, learn about leadership, learn how to, how that went, but it's not until you're in that role and being that the one person that everyone looks up to, everyone, you know, has to get information from that's not, it doesn't, it takes a while for you to actually know what it takes until you're in that role. So, I mean, I probably didn't learn much about it until I was in that role. I had to basically build and lead this project. Uh, We did a major diversity dinner here in Utah at the beginning of January. And uh, for six months, me and my team, I was actually assigned a team and uh, I was assigned the leader and I had no idea what I was doing, but it's all, that's all that it takes is just the experience of going out there. So being a great leader really takes people. I think the first step is to really realize their strengths and weaknesses and how they can use that to grow their knowledge and then grow their team uh, based on the types of weaknesses that they have. So if they have a great strength, say in, you know, website development, but they really suck at talking to people, then you would need a couple of people on your team for the sales part of it, for the marketing part of it. And that's how you really grow a great team is to realize that, you know, you, you probably suck at a lot of things and then the people on your team can really uh, help build you up that way or help build up the team with those different expert skills that they have that you don't. So I think that's the one thing, the first thing you should do. And then the next, you realize that being the leader is usually the person that doesn't want to be the leader. It's a person that sees their team, their employees, their group as the the momentum, the movement that it takes to really get to the end result. So with all of that, I think when you realize that you you are the leader, but you're instead of being, you know, person who pushes people and the person who makes people do things, you're going to be the person who is along with them in the dirt, in the grind of it all. And that's how, you know, you really realize that it's not just you that is, you know, the high pedestal person, but it really takes a team to really do that. So those are the kind of the main things that I've learned just from my couple of years of learning business specifically. And being in that leadership role is that, you know, you need to realize your strengths and weaknesses. And then also you need to you realize that it takes other people and other people to really make a result happen, to make a goal achievable, and to really grow your knowledge around different aspects that you might have not known before. So that's kind of the key things that I, I usually have learned from leadership. And that's what I think it really takes to be a great leader. Yeah, well, I love, uh, there's a lot in what you just said that I love. Um, And it's connected to what you were just saying, but also going back to your story about how you learned about sales from your mother. um, One of the key components to effective and exceptional leadership is is recognizing the role of relationships, right? Um, That you don't accomplish anything without the people around you. Uh, And so sometimes people have this false notion that an effective leader is the person who's very authoritative, who can bark orders at people and get other people to do um, the stuff. But they see people not as people, but they see people as like their tools to get things done. And that's a fundamentally different kind of a mindset um, than, than trying to recognize the, the innate 
um, humanity of the people in your organization, valuing them as individuals, recognizing the strengths that they bring to the table, maximizing and utilizing those strengths and maximizing their potential as a leader and seeing your role as a leader not to be dictatorial, not to constantly be directing people, but rather to empower people, to help people recognize and see their own potential, help them recognize and see their own strengths, and then have that growth mindset to be able to continually develop into those strengths and lean in to um, to the learning opportunities that they're going to have as they go throughout their career and as they work with you and in the organization. Um, that's a fundamentally different kind of a mindset about leadership than perhaps the old traditional managerial approach um, or the old um, kind of industrial revolution, um, assembly line uh, type of a, a traditional mindset. And we've seen that shift uh, you know, in organizations over the last 30 years, but leaders haven't necessarily had that mindset shift. And so we still see a lot of leaders who lead the way they were led rather than leading in the, the more effective ways of empowerment and, and, um, and helping uh, their people to be self-directed workers. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's an ongoing challenge. It's something I, I kind of beat my head up against the wall regularly because I see, you know, so much potential in somebody. And then I see them doing these dysfunctional types of leadership behaviors that are actually, they're just shooting themselves in the foot um, and they don't even realize they're doing it. Um, because they haven't taken the time to step back to question um, what they've observed and what they've um, learned from past leaders, the examples of past leaders um, earlier in their career, and they just start to replicate. They start to uh, mimic and imitate the the uh, the approaches they've seen previously, even if they're not effective. Um, so it's about relationships. It's about building trust. It's about recognizing the strengths of our people and building off of those strengths. Those are those key components that we constantly need to be focusing on. And if we ever find ourselves um, retreating back to the kind of those older notions of distrust and assuming that my employees are going to try to do the bare minimum and get away with things and cut corners, so I need to be watching over them every second of every day, um, we need to get away from that mindset, constantly be forcing ourselves to, um, because I think sometimes human nature pushes us pushes us that direction yeah i love how you said empowerment too because that's really something a leader should focus on empowering empowering people and giving them that control to do what they are doing best so i think like how you described that was perfect and how a lot of people that's probably why they hate their job is because their their leader isn't so or the so-called leader is actually their boss and is just controlling them, micromanaging what they're doing. And they can't have that freedom and their creativity to really explore and grow in their own area. So I think what you said was completely really accurate. That's probably why people really hate their jobs just because they don't have that leader figure and it's not really their fault. Like you said, all these people grew up or, you know, are around that environment of people who are that authoritative dictator boss person instead of an actual leader who wants other people to grow and learn and really see their potential in what they can do. So I think that's really powerful when a leader really acknowledges that and can really pull through and do that for the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as we consider um, different 
leadership styles and recognizing that there people have different personalities and leaders have their own strengths, you know, and so, so some might be very naturally charismatic. Some might be really outgoing and extroverted and have a really easy, you know, time of, you know, making friends and building relationships and those sorts of things. Others um, might be a little quieter. They might be more of the, the sage kind of listening type. They may not be as extroverted and the, those relationships may not come as naturally um, or as easily, but they often, those types of leaders often develop deeper relationships. And so, you know, just recognizing who you are as a leader, what your style is, what your personality is, how that feeds into your strengths, and then leveraging those strengths um, to be an authentic leader, I think is really vital because uh, one thing that you just don't want to do is try to be something that you're not. Um, there's, there's no one right way to lead people, um, you know, in terms of style. Uh, of course, building relationships, developing trust, being open and transparent and uh, empowering your people. I mean, these are general principles that I think apply across style, across personality, putting those aside. There's the research shows there's no like one right way of leading people. Uh, and you can have a very introverted, um, quiet person who's a very powerful leader and you can have a very extroverted person who's a very powerful leader and everything in between. So uh, I think it's important for us to be authentic um, and not try to be something we're not because people can see through that. And if we're, if we're trying to be something um, that doesn't fit with who we are, then people won't trust us. Um, and then it'll be that much harder to, to lead. Um, something else I thought we could talk about for just a minute is, you know, we've talked about these qualities of exceptional leaders, uh, being effective in organizations, but what does that mean when you see, um, when, when I'm an employee and I'm working for a boss that I love, that I, that I really respect, that I look toward, um, not just, you know, in terms of knowing what to do in my work, but, you know, as a, as a potential mentor, as a, you know, someone who, who is wise and, and can show me a path forward, um, you know, what does that do for the organization when we have leaders like that versus what happens to organizations when we have those more micromanaging types of leaders, um, those, those types of leaders that are kind of the more old school um, approach, you know, to just uh, dictating rather than empowering. Yeah, I think when that happens, I actually have some like real realistic real life examples. So both of my parents work for different roofing companies. Uh, the one with the company is actually probably going to go bankrupt in a, like a month or so just because that the boss, the CEO is micromanaging everyone. And ever since they went into COVID, they have like four meetings a week. They have all this stuff to make sure everyone's doing it, what they're doing. And I just kind of stand back and watch it all happen. And it's, it's crazy how you can really see the difference between that. And then like my mom's company where they have so many people, so many salespeople, and it's like, they can do what they want. They, they have different competitions to really boost each other's morale. They have like these coaching calls that they think the people need it to uh, either like if they've been affected by COVID or if they had if anything, they need support for anything, that's where they go. So it's, it's amazing to see that drastic gap between those two companies. But like you said, I think when you give your employees that protection, you give them trust, you show them how to, you know, become like their own leaders and give them that empowerment in the workplace, that will 
provide them more, you know, motivation to keep going to not just work for you, but to see what they can do to push and to keep growing the company. And with, if you've like multiple employees that feel the same way, your company's going to grow exponentially. It's going to skyrocket. And it's amazing to see that those results. But then on the other hand, if you have the micromanaging and then you feel like controlled and you don't have any place to, you're just in a box almost. That's when, you know, the company's going to stay where it is or it's going to fall just because you can't let other people do it. And if you're micromanaging, I think that's at the point when the leader needs to step back and either have someone else take in the leadership position or they need to learn how to trust their employees to take action and do the things that they were they're there for. Because being a CEO of a company, the transition from an entrepreneur to CEO happens when you can let your employees do the jobs that you don't want to do anymore because they can do it better. So I think when you still, you have a CEO and they're still micromanaging the details of the company, then that just means that the, the CEO doesn't trust its employees and it won't let them use their potential to grow the company that way. So I think when you have that, that mentor, the leader, who really lets their employees do what they're meant to do and it kind of motivates them to keep going that the company will grow exponentially and, you know, you can hire more people and then you can continue that process and, you know, just create a great environment. Cause that's what the synergy happens in, in an office or nowadays it's kind of mostly zoom or at home, but if you can still create that energy and environment, that's really positive and really motivating, then anything can happen. Yeah, I love that. Those are great um, flip side of the coin examples that you just shared um, with your parents' work. And I think we've all been there. We've seen that in different organizations. And, and some seem to get it and some don't. And you're right. There's a lot of research that um, shows the, the benefits and values of effective leaders. Most people leave their jobs because of having a bad boss. Um, and so if, if, you, if you have... Uh, uh, someone you report to as a supervisor or manager um, who is not an inspiring leader, not an effective leader, then turnover rates are going to be higher. So good leadership leads to lower turnover. It leads to greater creativity, greater collaborations, more innovations, greater, uh, uh, just, just generally speaking, better outcomes and results for the organization, as you mentioned. Um, so for all those reasons, we need to strive to have good leaders. And unfortunately, organizations often are um, uh, not particularly good at determining who would be best suited to be leaders. Um, something that was interesting that you said too, you know, is that sometimes when you go from that entrepreneurial startup phase into growth phase, and then you move in, you know, you're the CEO, um, a lot of leaders in that situation, they, they really struggle with letting things go. So it's not even a matter of thinking, oh, these are things I don't want to do anymore. I'm going to delegate and have other people do them. A lot of times those, those CEOs are still, because the reason they're micromanaging is because either they don't trust or because they simply, they love, that's what they love to do and that's what they're good at. And so that's what they want to keep doing, even though that's not the job of a CEO. And so we have to be able to grow with the types of work that we're doing, the types of um, growth of the company. And sometimes that means a founder isn't going to be a good CEO moving forward. And maybe they need to take on a technical role with the company, be on the board, but not be the, the you know, the chief executive officer. Um, and so these are all the types of things we need to consider 
and ultimately look for the, the capability, the leadership capabilities of our people and recognize that just because someone's good at sales, just because they're a good coder, just because um, you know, they're, they're a financial wizard, that doesn't mean they're going to necessarily be a good leader. It doesn't mean they won't be, but it doesn't mean they will be either. Um, and so just promoting people to those leadership roles because of past successes and other types of um, roles doesn't necessarily pan out. So it's a different set of skill, it's skills. It's a different set of capabilities that we all have to carefully consider. Well, Alex, it has really been a pleasure talking with you today. We're about out of time. Um, but before we uh, close and part ways for the day, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your company, and perhaps reach out to you if they need any assistance. Yeah, of course. Um, so I am young, so I have pretty much any social link you can think of. <laughs> um, I'm the main business link, and you can also find my information about my company, Unleash BP, is uh, LinkedIn. So I use that all the time to connect with business leaders or other, like in my niche, the private uh, practitioners. Uh, that's where I am. And then um, just my company, UnleashBP.com. Uh, my partner and I, if you just go on the website, contact us, we will work with you to provide you a great website if that is what you need. And yeah, so LinkedIn, um, my company, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, social links, like Facebook, uh, that's just my name, Alexander Beakley. So hope, hope that helps. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure talking with you today. I encourage my listeners to reach out to Alex, learn more about what she's doing, um, connect with her on LinkedIn, and I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that you can all find meaning and purpose at work, and that everyone has a great week. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com.